the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. Well, aren't I lucky? You know, when I started um, this little radio show, like almost a year ago now, coming up to a year, I gave um, Joan a list of people who I thought would be great guests and people who I thought real New Yorkers would want to hear from because um, this was always going to be about a New York show. This is, you know, if you want to listen to national stories and national politics, there's plenty of other places to go on, on the dial or on your podcast. But this is all about New York, as they like to introduce me as the quintessential New Yorker. Um, so I, was, I made a list. And the truth be told, it's not because she's on the line right now, but on that very, very first list that I made that I gave to Joan, uh, it said that uh, it, it wanted I wanted um, Rosanna Scotto on the show, and it took a while. You know, she played a little hard to get. Doesn't matter that we're from the same hood, the same the same nationality. The fact that I love her parents and she loves mine. But finally, we got the big fish. We got the queen of New York City news for a lot longer than uh, her uh, her visual image would make one think. The one and the only Rosanna Scotto. Hi, Rosanna. Oh, my goodness. First of all, thank you so much, Arthur. You know I love you. And the reason why it's taken this long is because you gave me one of those, like, you know, Brooklyn invitations, which is like, hey, I want you on my show, but really no date, no time, you know, kind of like, yeah, right, okay, it'll happen well, when it happens. I needed to build this audience up to, you know, the depths and, and the numbers that someone of your stature deserves. Oh, so, now. Well, so, well, listen, I, I, I am talking to you, and I will tell you, my whole time that I was on the Fox News Channel, which was 12-plus years, yeah, I would be on like every day, right? Truth be told, I'll violate my agreement. I got paid per appearance. So I had to keep, I, I knew how many appearances I made every year. And I would go on, so I, I wasn't, it was like every business that was on four to five day, days a week. And I'd be on the show, whether it be Fox and Friends in the morning or Shep Smith's show in the afternoon or with Megyn Kelly at primetime at night. And I walk around town and walk into the courthouse or the jails or wherever I'm going. And nobody would say anything. I would go on with you in the morning, 
at, at 7.42 or whatever it was for eight minutes. And then I'd walk into court, and the court officer saw me, the clerk saw me, the judge saw me, the defendant in jail saw me, everybody saw me. So, <laughs> you, I mean, you have such power uh, and pers- of persuasion and of information um, in this city. And, I mean, I am proud, so proud of you and, of course, your whole family. But um, because, you know, you're, you're a regular just you know it's it's a beautiful american story your family story and i would like you just to tell a little bit about that from the italian american perspective the brooklyn perspective our neighborhood perspective you started off in visitation uh, visitation academy visitation uh, academy in shore what? road and so my oh, wife likewise. was the my wife was the president of her class um, in the in the eighties, I guess. Am I going to get in trouble? The yeah, I guess the late, 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 late eighties. My sister Lori, uh, my sister Lori spent some time in visitation as well. It's an all girls school, but you didn't make the natural progression onto Fompon. You went hoity toity to Packer, correct? I did. Well, you know, the thing was, um, I loved Catholic school, but I felt like I needed to take a little break. And my mother had gone to Packer Collegiate Institute. My brothers had gone to Packer Collegiate Institute for a number of years. Uh, it was like cut off because uh, at some point it went all girls at that point. And I felt like, oh, I wanted to have that experience also at Packer. And my mom met my dad across the street from Packer at this little luncheonette. And it just sounded so romantic that I, I kind of wanted to follow that. I, you know, I didn't find my husband in the luncheonette. But I had a great experience, and I met so many wonderful friends at Packer, and I I met so many wonderful friends at Visitation that I still see to this day. Is that uh, is that where you met your friend Nani? Not, that's right, my friend Nani Roseanne Santo. You know we love the Santos, Billy and Roseanne and Frankie, all of them, Adrian, all of them. Where is Packer located? So Packer is on Geralman Street, right off of Court. So it's downtown Brooklyn. It's pretty near the Court Streets. It's near beautiful Montague Street. Um, you know, it's a lovely, lovely uh, area. It's, it mixes business with uh, residential. But you lived and, in Diker Heights, correct? Yeah, I took the the, the double R uh, from Eighty <laughs> Sixth Street. <laughs> So, okay, hold on, because now we're, we're going to get deep in the weeds. But how did you get from your house? Because you, you didn't live on 4th Avenue, and that's where the double R train is. So how did you I get know. down there? Mom and Dad used to, uh, uh, you know. That's what I was getting That's what I was getting at. You, you know but on I the mean. way home, on the way home, I had to take the bus because I was, you know, usually in whatever, after school, whether that was cheerleading at Poly Prep, which was the brother's school at that time because they were single sex as well. Uh, or I was in, you know, the um, local production, theater production. So, you know, sometimes you'd work till, you know, rehearse till six o'clock, seven o'clock, and oh, you know, so it all Mom it started by the bus stop. It started that young. Back in high school, you were in theater production. Do you remember the shows you were in? Um, well, one of them was Anything Goes, which is probably one of my favorite Cole Porter musicals, the best songs. And it's funny because you know, on the weekends. I drive mom back and forth out east to Long Island, and we put on the Sinatra uh, station, and she sings all the songs and a lot of Cole Porter songs from that show. So, And she always says, how do you know all these words? Well, it was in the show. That's how I know all those well, words. 
I, I'm in the same boat at Poly Prep. I just learned something new. I did not know that Packer Collegiate and Poly Prep were brother and sister schools back in the day. Back in the day, in fact, uh, Poly went co-ed, I think, the year or two after I graduated uh, Packer. And, you know, Polly was like four blocks away from our house. So I, I would have loved to have gone there. My, my brother John went there. My sister Elena went there. And so they had a wonderful experience. And I had a wonderful experience with Packer. So ju- just to give people some insight. I went to Polly. I was two years behind Elena, and I remember her well. Um, and I, when I arrived at Polly in September of 1979, uh, John Scotto and Billy Santo had just graduated. Now I'm arriving in this, in the seventh grade class, but in, they were seniors, obviously they had just graduated. They made such an impact on that school that even when they were gone, people knew of the legend of Billy Santo and John Scotto, I, your brother. Uh, well, okay. Listen, they weren't, you know, uh, the major, uh, wonderful citizens there, but they were unbelievable athletes. Unbelievable. I, mean, I see my brother's stacked up still to this day on the wall. Uh, he was, you know, captain of every, just about every sports team. team there. Yes. And Billy was the captain of the baseball team. And they were, and they're still, I mean, next week is Billy's birthday and we'll still go all go out together. And the reason why I bring that up is I really feel blessed, Rosanna. And I know you no longer live in Brooklyn, but I do. I live in the same, I live around the corner where I grew up. My parents live in the same house where I grew up, right in the heart of Bay Ridge. And, um, I, I, you know, I, I've chosen, and Marianne, who went to, as I said, went to visitation and went to poly prep, you know, we've chosen to raise our family in that neighborhood. And I just want your thoughts now that you're out of the neighborhood. What was it like for a young Italian American girl and then a young woman, uh, growing up in that part of the world during that period of time? Well, I loved it because it was very family. I mean, the kids, we would come home from school. It was pretty much the same thing every day. Do your homework. And then we were allowed to go out and play before dinner. And everybody knew you had to be home by a certain time. Uh, there were no cell phones then. Uh, and, you know, we were home on time. Otherwise, we knew we were going to be in big trouble. Um, and and were, you more, were you afraid of getting in trouble with your mother or your father? Uh, probably my mother. Uh, my dad always was, you know, more of like calm influence. My mother... You know, she tended to get excited. So, uh, and you can use your imagination with that. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, I was pretty, you know, I was the, I'm the oldest in the family. And so I was always very responsible. But I knew how to skirt the rules and regulations uh, without getting into trouble. But, you know, what I loved about that neighborhood was you could literally smell the aromas of what every Mother was cooking, you know, and um, I don't know. You you could play on the street. You didn't worry. Nowadays, I mean, you're afraid to walk the street as an adult. It's um, interesting. It's and- interesting that Rosanna, you say what every mother was cooking because that was the truth. There weren't really many nannies cooking or housekeepers cooking. It was it was our moms. I mean, our moms were. Doing, you know, doing it all. I'm sure four kids, four Scotto kids, was not no easy task on your mom. Um, of the four, of the four of you, I'm going to go out on a limb and say John was the one who gave your maybe your parents a little bit of the run for their money. He definitely was in the running. He, <laughs> yeah, he definitely was in the running. Um, 
you know, listen, boys will be boys in those days. Probably, you know, John may have had 80 days or something. I don't know. Oh, we all have that. Rosanna, we all have that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, they were just like, you know, the, the kids that, you know, wound up in the front of the class because the teacher wanted to keep an eye on them. You know, now... You know, you have to medicate everybody so that they, they just sit in class in their seat. You know, listen, I have great, great memories growing up in Brooklyn, and I would still be there, except for the commute back and forth. Okay, we need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back with Rosanna Scotto. So let's get serious for a second and talk about our friends at Connors and Sullivan, because there's a real deadline coming up. The legislature changed some laws and you need to act now to make sure your family is protected. Basically, under the new law that comes into place on January 1st, 2023, the government is going to look back and see what you've done with your money over the last 30 months. So basically two and a half years and to see if they're able to claw back any gifts that you've given to family members or anything along that sort where you were hiding money or giving money away so that you were eligible for uh, benefits specifically home care benefits. Financial transfers must be made and benefits applications must be submitted before December 31st to ensure eligibility and protect your assets. So Connors and Sullivan, attorneys at law, are experts in this area and can help you get in under the deadline. But you must start the process as soon as possible before the start of December to complete by the end of the year. So don't hesitate. This is a real deadline. We're not making this up. Look up the law on your own. Home care benefits in the state of New York. So call Connors and Sullivan today don't delay at 718-238-6500 that's 718-238-6500 the following is a paid political announcement hi this is frank Pilata, republican candidate for united states congress here in new jersey's fifth district i'm not just running to return my district to republican hands i'm running to represent all of the people in my district including seniors veterans small businesses and everyone who longs for real bipartisan leadership i've just launched a weekly radio talk show on am 970 the answer called frankly speaking our show will air at 10 a.m on sundays so please tune in we'll be discussing the issues that are relevant and critically important to all of us here in the fifth district and across the great state of new jersey if you'd like to know more please visit my website at frankfornj.com that's frank the number four nj.com where you can follow our campaign catch up on all the issues and if you like what you see please feel free to donate if you have any questions please contact our offices at 201-783-8801 thank you this is frank Pilata, and i approve this message listen to us online at am970theanswer.com Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. Now, all of a sudden, at what time do they tell you, okay, Rosanna, we're going to give you, you're going to sit 
Monday through Friday in the anchor seat? You know, I, I was doing a lot of the Woody Allen and Mia Farrell stuff, making international news. If social media was around then, it would have been viral. I was getting requests from all over the world to be on their shows. And I think the bosses thought that they were going to lose me. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, and, and-, it, and it was funny because at the time when they asked me, to anchor the 10 o'clock news with John Rowland, I, they didn't know. I knew. They didn't know I was pregnant with my second child. Oh, so you already had LJ and Jenna was on the way? Is that the plan? No, it was Jenna's my first. Okay. LJ, LJ was uh, in uh, under construction um, <laughs> in, <laughs> in my belly. And, uh, yeah, I didn't want them to know. I, I took the job. And then after I took the job, I told them I was uh, pregnant. Okay. But how long were you out for once when you gave birth to LJ? You know what? It was interesting because I knew at that time, I was like, oh, my goodness, do I take the three months? Um, and I, I, I said to, I, to them, after four weeks, I literally lived around the block from work. I said, if you just give me the time in between and I'll just come in to do the 10 o'clock news, I can still do it. You know, I'll come in earlier than three months. And they said, no, it won't look good. So I took I took my, you know, my 90 days uh, and I was home with my kids. And um, she went from John Rowland. And and then you got then you started doing two newscasts right in the evening. Correct. Yeah, we we then had I think it was a seven o'clock and then the seven o'clock wound up being a five and a six. Um, So there, there there were newscasts added over the years so but let's talk about being started, a mother there was only one which was the 10 o'clock news which was the newscast of record and you know everybody watched the 10 o'clock news and, ha- and, and how does the and how does the 10 p.m news start it's 10 p.m do you know where your, you children, know where your are? children are right? and my parents <laughs> would always say yes she's doing the 10 o'clock news <laughs> So who? So now, did your husband Lou step up? I mean, how, you know, how do we handle? You know, mommy has got little, little, little kids, and mommy's yeah. doing a newscast. So how does that work? Yeah, yeah. You literally have to have a, a husband who steps up. I mean, you know, um, I would come home in between newscasts, do some homework, try to have a little dinner with uh, the kids and my husband, and then whatever wasn't finished, you know, Lou had to step in and do. But, you know, I got all the class trips because I didn't have to be in till 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I was on every rickety school bus going apple picking or wherever they took us on those class trips with the kids. Um, so much so that I volunteered that at one point the teacher said, listen, I'm sorry, you got to give the other parents a chance to volunteer. <laughs> well, but, you know, I, I guess it was that working mom's guilt of trying well, to be around as much as I possibly could. Rosanna Scotto, that means so much to your children. And I think we're learning that more and more every day as, you know, the world gets busier and parents get pulled away from their kids and how important it is to spend that time. And you figured out how to do it. So you were on with John Rowland for a while. And then who came in next? Ernie? Len Cannon was one of them. And then from Len, we had some freelance people in between, Chris Galis. And then Ernie. And then Ernie. And then it was like full circle for me with Ernie because I 
had basically, you know, he had taken me under his wing when I was just a little kid trying to, like, you know, work my way up the ladder um, outside of New York. You know, how do I get back? What do I get? You know, what do I what job do I take to get my foot back in the door? And he was always so kind. Ernie is like whatever you see on air with Ernie. That's the way he was off camera. In fact, probably a lot more fun and giving. Um, we had a lot of fun anchoring 10 o'clock news together. Ernie would like on Fridays, he got this um, silly like toy accordion from Crackle Barrel and he would get candy and we would pretend playing the accordion. I would go behind him with candy and on Friday afternoons, we would like make up songs and go through the newsroom and give out candy to everybody. <laughs> and everybody would just start cheering and start laughing. It was just like a silly way to kind of bring the newsroom together um, on a Friday afternoon. You then made a pretty drastic decision, uh, and I'd like to know the reasoning behind it, between going from, uh, you know, 6 o'clock at night to 6 o'clock in the morning. It was management. So what happened was when my children were younger, I had gone to them and said, I want to go to mornings because um, mornings were kind of in flux. And um, they, they, they said, oh, yeah, 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 you're going to do it. You're going to do it. And then basically pulled the plug two days before I was supposed to start. So once that happened, I, I totally took it out of my mind that I was ever going to do Good Day New York. Out of the clear blue, uh, Jack Abernathy, who's the head of Fox Stations, called me, and I thought it was my decision whether I wanted to go to morning. And I quickly learned after I was kind of like, oh, I don't think I really want to do it. You know, my kids are older now. I, I you know, I, I don't need to be, you know, up at, you know, this, this crazy hour to be home at 11 o'clock in the morning. Uh, anyway, Jack Abernathy sat me down and said, you know, you think it's your decision. It's not <laughs> your decision. We really need you to go to morning. So now, who, I, who, I, was I, the legend, who was the legendary guy whose name is escaping me who was there with a the white yeah, hair? Jim Ryan. Yes. Thank you. Jim, he was great. Jim, he was great. Jim, Jim really put Good Day New York on the map. Yes. He, he put it on the map. Uh, I, I love Jim. Uh, I have not talked to him in a few years, but every now and then I, you know, try to catch up with him. And he's an amazing guy. And he was not the person I replaced. There were he, other people in between uh, that had taken over after after Jim. I, I got to know Jim Ryan through the Inner Circle, where I've seen you perform, where my grandfather, Artie Idala, who was a member of the Inner Circle because he wrote for the Daily Mirror, used to perform when I was a little kid, and I'd go sneak in and watch him, and he was really, uh, Jim Ryan was really a, a very, very sweet, kind, generous uh, man, at least to, to me and my family. Not only is he kind, he's got a heck of a sense of humor, and he's a good newsman. Uh, I learned a lot from Jim. I went to mornings, and my co-host at the time was Greg Kelly. Now, I did not really know Greg. Greg and I became brother and sister. You know, he had my back. I had his back. He, he's also a great newsman. And um, we had some really memorable moments together doing crazy things. Um, I have a lot of um, 
new hardware on my body because of Greg. <laughs> we went ice skating together. And I'm not going to talk about all the circumstances surrounding the ice skating that we did together. Was he there when the horse did pee-pee on you? No, he wasn't there when the horse did pee-pee on me. But he did <laughs> fling a hula hoop in my, my mouth. Uh, that I had a big bloody mouth on that one. And then, um, then I broke my wrist. And it was funny. When we decided to go snowboarding or something, the bosses are like, you're not going unescorted with Greg. They actually came to watch the taping to make sure that we didn't do anything stupid he was, and I would get hurt. You know, when you and Greg were on, for whatever reason, I don't know, current events, I, I seemed to be on with you guys a lot. And I, I would walk in that studio, and the thing about, with Greg is, like, you're, ne you're never 100% sure of what's going to happen. And, and I'm supposed to sit down and talk to you about one story, and he'll start with that story, and then he'll change the topic and go, Arthur, you can talk about this, right? They, they just banned smoking in Ireland. Oh, sure, Greg, let's talk about banning smoking in Ireland. It was, it was a lot of fun uh, when the two of you guys were together. Well, it was very spontaneous. Greg liked to be spontaneous. He hated scripts. Literally, he would throw some of my scripts in the garbage. Now, thank goodness, you know, I'm always very diligent in my homework. I read a lot. So I could kind of, you know, keep up with where he was going with whatever politics was happening in New York. I mean, Greg has like a, a crazy sense of, details and intricacies of New York City uh, that added so much to Good Day New York. Yeah, you and, know? He, and, and he's doing well now on the radio and on Newsmax and, and, and good for him. I literally was with his with his parents uh, last night who are just wonderful people. His father, the police commissioner, and his mom and his brother's a great guy. Um, oh, yeah. Love his family. Love his family. So all the interviews you've done, and, and if you need to, you can take the fifth on this. But who came on, and, and I asked uh, Geraldo this, uh, I said, you know, who was just a jerk? Uh, like, who, who just really was like, wow, you're, you're just being not cool? And his aunt, he didn't hesitate. He said it was James Caan. And this is years ago. This was right after The Godfather, and he was on the top of the, and he's like, he was just a total, just, just a total disappointment. Okay, time for a quick break. Just a real quick one, and then we're going to be back with Rosanna Scotto because she's got so much more to tell us about her life and her career. So don't go anywhere. All right, Kevin McCullough tonight, 7 p.m., while we are uh, cruising around the beautiful island of Manhattan, join Dr. Nicole Sapphire and myself for Wellness Wednesday. That's right, the OG is back. Looking forward to having you, and we'll see you at 7. Chances are your home financing questions won't end when this show does. So the next time you have a question about home loans, ask the lending experts at Citizens Bank. They can help you every step of the way during the home buying process, starting with getting a pre-approval before you start shopping for a new home. Call 212-857-6668, 212-857-6668, and ask a citizen. Mortgages are offered and originated by Citizen Bank N.A., NMLS number 433960, Equal Housing Lender. Today. 
It's Wellness Wednesday on Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Sponsored by Balance of Nature, the whole fruit and vegetable capsule delivering your maximum nutrition in every dose. 100% whole food nutrition with the taste, smell, and color of pure fruits and veggies. That's nature intended just for you. Try them now and see for yourself. 35% off and free shipping. Call now, 800-2468-751 or balanceofnature.com. And don't miss Wellness Wednesday tonight at 7 p.m. on AM 970. The answer. Want to improve your memory and focus? Want a more restful sleep or maybe more energy throughout the day? Learn how by tuning into Boost Your Brain Power with Dr. Eric Kaplan as he guides you on an adventure of discovery on how to help your brain and body in a natural way so you feel better, function better, and improve your quality of life. It's Boost Your Brain Power with Dr. Eric Kaplan, New York's first board-certified functional neurologist, Saturday morning at 8 on AM 970, The Answer. A journey to Israel this November will impact you forever. Join Sebastian Gorka, Dinesh D'Souza, and our trusted travel partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, for 10 life-changing days. Register today at StandWithIsraelTour.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. Welcome back, folks. I am so excited to talk to a New York City icon, someone who I consider a friend, Rosanna Scotto, who lights up the airwaves every morning here on Channel 5 in New York City. Is there someone you could think of that you were kind of looking forward to interviewing and they, they turned out to be a little bit of a disappointment? Yes, Raquel Welch. Okay. Um, uh, you know, it started during the tease. I was so excited. I'm like, oh, she's so gorgeous and she's so talented. And I, I hear her telling my boss, basically, who's standing on the side with her, tell her to stop saying that. And then she tells my boss, I like her lighting. Tell her she has to move. And so my boss goes, well, you know, it's her show. And that's where she usually sits. She's not going to move. And, you know, it just it was a difficult interview. It was a difficult interview because she was difficult. <laughs> I I got you. And who who off the top of your head like exceeded your expectations or lived up to the hype that you were fired up to meet with them? And they turned like for me at Fox, it turned out to be Alan Alda. When I got to spend time with him, he was just as wonderful and gracious and Italian as, and and embracing his heritage as I always dreamed and imagined he would be. You know what? I've talked to Al, Al, uh, Alan Alda too over the years. He is amazing. He's so uh, so giving, uh, so multifaceted. He came on not only just to talk about some of his acting uh, roles, but also to talk science. He loves science. He's a really yep. smart guy. And he's written um, a bunch of books. Yes. Um, he's definitely up there with 
being one of my favorites. I've interviewed so many people, Sir Paul McCartney. I mean, just so many interesting people. Um, I, you know, I'm very fortunate. I, I don't think I have a favorite, but I do have so many favorite interviews. And is there one that's gotten away? One that I really want to interview? Fill in the blank. You know, uh, uh, Laura Bush, uh, Michelle Obama. Uh, you know, you you did uh, you did um, Paul McCartney. You want to do Mick Jagger? Is there someone who, if your yeah, bosses came and said said Rosanna, you're gonna you know you've been on the air with us. We're gonna do everything we can. Who do you want? Well, I I do love uh, my celebrities, but uh, Oprah Winfrey. I you know she's someone I really admire. She um, started in local TV. She went national. Phenomenon producing has her own network. She's still out there, you know, knowing how to capture great, great uh, quality interviews with people. She's she's just got a great way about her. Um, I would love to talk to her. I don't. I I've don't been, think I, I've, I've, I've met her and introduced her at various charities, um, but I've never gotten the chance to sit down and talk one on one with her. Let, we're talking to Rosanna Scotto. Since you brought up charities, and I know you do a lot of that because I've seen it with my own eyeballs. Um, let's talk a little bit about the, the Italian-American community and what you've done with them. First and foremost, you know, when, when a young ro- a woman named Rosanna Scotto, I mean, there's enough vowels in there to, to kill a small horse. <laughs> what, what was, you know, Atlanta, Georgia like uh, for Rosanna Scotto? And even in the industry in the 80s, and uh, you know, did you feel any? Well, you know, she's Italian. We can't put her in this. Or she, you know, there's Absolutely. too many vowels in her name. We can't put her in that. And is that is that still hanging around today, or have we kind of gotten over that? I think that we've gotten over it, but I definitely think starting out, you know, it, it was a problem. Like I said, you know, think about it. A lot of people, you know, 30, 40 years ago, they took the vowel off their name. You know, Tony Bennett. You know, think about some of the, Dean Martin. You know, some of these great Italian-American um, singers and actors and stuff like that. You know, it's just you could not show your Italian-American heritage. It was not celebrated. I am so happy now that we live in a world where we celebrate everybody's heritage. And I'm I'm really jealous because, you know, I, I sit next to um, Bianca Peters, who's Mexican-American, and, uh, you know, a lot of the young girls who are Hispanic on our, our show, they speak the language that their family, you know, originated from. In our family, we did not speak Italian. And, um, you know, I took French because that was right. what was offered in school. Right. That's um, what my wife Mary had to, because she wound up that being her major at Georgetown University. I'm curious, did your father speak any Italian? Yeah, they, they spoke dialect. They, you know, okay. they spoke uh, Napoli Don or whatever yeah. it was. But, yeah, they spoke dialect. But they didn't speak it in the house. And even like, you know, my mother will tell me that, like, when her father, who was, you know, off the boat, you know, they would sit there and read the paper to learn how to speak English. They wanted to speak English to assimilate. So we, you know, are the next generation lost the language. Well, and, and that's why, Rosanna, I throw bouquets at my father 
over and over and over again because he was that next generation where, you know, you don't speak Italian. You just, even though my grandfather was born in America, he was the youngest one. Everyone, all his siblings, his parents were born in Sicily. But, you know, no, you're going to learn English and you're going to go to, you know, Fordham Prep and then Fordham University and NYU Law School and you're never going to speak Italian. And my dad, I don't know, in his mid-30s, I remember taking trips and he would have those Berlitz audio tapes and he shoved it down my throat and my sister's throat. Uh, you know, he could get by, but my sister and I are pretty good in the language because he, he, he instilled in us how important our culture is. And I know you embrace that. I know you've been to Italy many times. Um, and I, you know, it, if I don't want to go down the political road with you right now, but so many people say that's the problem with the more recent immigrants is they don't feel that, uh, that desire to become an American. They want to hold on to their old culture and just live in America as opposed to coming here and becoming American, which was your grandparents and my grandparents. And then your parents and my parents, that was, you know, it was all about becoming an American of Italian heritage. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I Listen, I don't know about the new immigrants, whether they want to be Americans or not, but I am jealous that they are, uh, you know, so free to celebrate their heritage, uh, something that we were not uh, growing up, especially in this business. Well, now, um, now you, but you talk about celebrating the heritage and I know, you know, you got the Columbus Day Parade, you got the Humanitarian Award. Now, uh, you know, Columbus is getting attacked and, and you know, we're, look, for whatever reason, but when you and I were little, little kids or before we were born, Columbus was identified by the Italians here in America as someone who was brave and courageous and very intelligent to figure out how to get from one side of the world to the other when nobody was doing that. And, you know, look, I, I mean, I march in the parade every year. I know you, you're always volunteering your time around Italian-American organizations. But, you know, we've been getting a little beat up for what a guy 500 years ago did. What does Rosanna you know, Scotto have to say about that? Well, this is what I say. I, Columbus was a flawed navigator. Um, and there were many flawed explorers at that time. Uh, the world was different now. Applying 2022 values to somebody in 1492 is unfair. And, and, and I think, you know, I've talked to so many people, Angelo Vivolo, who, who uh, was running the Columbus Day Parade. I was with him said, last you know, night. I was with him last night as well. A great, great man. Yeah. And, you know, he, you know, we all admit Columbus was not an upstanding citizen. Um, but we are celebrating Columbus Day not because of just Columbus, but because of the Italian-American contribution to this country. And it bothers me that we have one day and they want to take it away from us. Now, I know indigenous people were here before. They should have their own day. But why does it have to be? Yeah, I believe me. I, I hear you a lot of time. One day celebrate now, we were given this day, Arthur, I know you know this, we were given this day. Italian-Americans were lynched back in the day. And, and, and President Roosevelt said it was a good thing that they were lynched back in the day when it happened. And so did the New York Times back in the day say, oh, yeah, it was, they were found not guilty at trial. They left the courthouse and they were lynched. Right. 
So we were not treated uh, as, as as upstanding citizens when Italians came, uh, you know, here through Ellis Island. But, okay, that is why we have that holiday. People are forgetting why we have that holiday. And, and listen, uh, the, the contributions of Italian Americans, uh, especially to our city. Um, yeah, I mean, you could say to the nation, you could go down to Washington, D.C., and you look at those buildings, and so many of them have Italian archi- architects, and, and you know, the building of, of New York City. Time for a quick break, just a real quick one, and then we're going to be back with Rosanna Scotto because she's got so much more to tell us about her life and her career. So don't go anywhere. Oh, I'm going to keep on trying. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander, now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-277. Hi, this is Judge Kamins, a partner at Idala Bertuna and Kamins, and where Arthur Idala of the Arthur Idala Power Hour works at his 24-7 day job. In 2014, I retired from the bench to join ABK, which is a full-service preeminent boutique firm that has been helping New Yorkers when legal problems arise. ABK is uniquely qualified to assist New Yorkers who have a wide range of legal problems, from personal injury claims and civil litigation to criminal defense and trusts and estates. I personally work on appellate matters, attorney disciplinary matters, and complex legal issues with a dedicated group of attorneys who provide a team approach to each case. There is no legal problem too big or small for this talented and hardworking legal team. So when you think of the Idala Power Hour, also keep in mind ABK, the power legal firm. Our very own Joe Piscopo is as hot as can be. Accomplished radio interviewer, talented actor, and if it's not enough, he puts on a show second to none, singing favorites and playing instruments with that familiar connection to his audience. Joe is in such demand by his fans that he's agreed to perform his cabaret act not once, but twice during the month of October so as not to disappoint all his fans in the tri-state area. Both tremendous venues and both providing top-quality food to boot. You can catch Joe Piscopo in Bergen County, New Jersey at the Sicone Theater at Bergen Community College. With fine Italian dishes provided by Frank Sinatra's Manhattan favorite, Patsy's Restaurant, on October 21st. Or come to Staten Island's premier cabaret, Lorenzo's at Nicotra Staten Island Hilton, to see Joe Piscopo and enjoy a wonderful dinner and show on October 28th. Both intimate venues, both offering a great meal and an unforgettable evening of entertainment by the fan favorite, Joe Piscopo. Book your choice of venue today so you're not disappointed. Or better yet, book them both for a memorable October. October. Go to Lorenzo's.com for price and information for the October 28th show on Staten Island at the Nicotra Hilton. That's Lorenzo's.com. Or go to tickets.bergen.edu for price and information for the Sacone Theater at Bergen Community College in Paramus, New Jersey. That's tickets.bergen.edu. Once again, go to Lorenzo's.com for price and information for the October 28th show on Staten Island at the Nicotra Hilton. Or go to tickets.bergen.edu for price and information for the Sacone Theater. 
Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Author Idola Power Hour, where I am still jumping out of my skin here. So excited to have Rosanna Scotto of Fox 5 for all of these years, actually decades, joining us. Uh, there's, there's no one I think of more when it comes to New York news than Rosanna Scotto. Your family has gone a little step further in celebrating Italian-Americans by having a very famous restaurant here in New York City that has withstood the test of time. And I don't know if it speaks more in the world of journalism or the world of restaurants in, in, in the world, you know, sustaining years and years of success. Talk about Fresco by Scotto a little bit. Thank you so much. First of all, we are coming up on our 29th year in business. Um, I think... The reason for Fresco Biscotto's success in Midtown Manhattan has been consistency. The family is there. You go there today, you'll see my mom, you'll see my sister Elena, you'll see me, you'll see my daughter now, you'll see my nephew Danny. Uh, at one point, you'll, you would have seen my son, uh, Louis. Um, but you go there, you see the family, you have the most delicious food, and after... COVID, you know, we were shut down twice. We were not sure we would ever reopen. Uh, we hired Larry Scott, who is a party planner, and we reimagined our outdoor area and indoor space. But at the time when we reopened, everybody wanted to sit outside. It is such a beauty. You think you're in Capri with the lemon trees and the groves, and it's just, it's just a beautiful, magnificent space uh, in Midtown Manhattan. And the food is so delicious. Our chef, Ben, is just um, modernizing Tuscan food. And, uh, you know, it's not easy to do business it, in New York. But, Rosanna, it's, it's, the, the restaurant has been very successful um, for years and years. Do you give that uh, credit to, uh, to your father uh, for knowing people like George Steinbrenner, like uh, real estate developer Donald Trump, and bringing people of that caliber, Rudy Giuliani, into the restaurant to eat. And, and you know what happens. You catch that buzz. Because there's That's thousands true. of restaurants in, in, in the five boroughs in the tri-state areas. But Fresco always steps out. It's always on page six. It's always somewhere. You know, what, what was the uh, magic ingredient that made it so successful? I have to say my dad definitely brought in the power players. You know, uh, they felt safe there. They could come. They could, you know, do their meetings. Uh, they knew it was going to be kept quiet. But it does create a buzz. And George Steinbrenner used to be there. He signed so many of his Yankee players uh, at, at Fresco by Scotto. We have a little plaque by one of our tables. Uh, George Steinbrenner used to say, the planning starts here. So we put that quote up on the wall with his name. So that we always remember George Steinbrenner had that table. And even to this day, you know, Randy Levine comes in, Lon Trost and, you know, Brian Cashman. And it's, it, it's just a place where not, you, you don't have to be a celebrity to be treated like family, okay? Oh, Everybody a, gets treated like family. That's, that is a great line. And since we're on the topic of your father who, who left us very recently – I actually was just strolling by, I think on my way to the Friars Club, which is a block away or two blocks away, 
and your parents were outside. They had just finished doing the whole lemon tree kind of thing outside, and I just got to sit with your dad. I have a beautiful picture with him, uh, and he got sick a very, very, very short time afterwards. I will just say, and then today I think I mentioned to you uh, off air, there's a memorial of, of Frank Santo, another. He would have been 89 years old, I believe. Um, you know, these are, are men who really, and, and I'll, my God bless my living father, I'll throw him into that category. They don't make them like that anymore. I know that sounds like a little bit of a cliche, but these are guys who came from nowhere. Frank Santo, Anthony Scotto, Louis Idala, and they raised beautiful families who, and I'll throw myself in, who have been pretty successful. And do you think, Rosanna Scotto, that our children will still carry on those traditions of bringing us all together and keeping us and having the, the Sunday gravy here, here and there and, and the Christmas uh, you know, Eve and all of so. that? I hope so, because they do enjoy it. You know, sometimes they grumble under their breath and, you know, they got things to do. The problem is there's so many distractions now, you know, Um, and, and Sunday is not a sacred day. Whereas, like, when we were growing up, Sunday, like, everybody stopped what they were doing. It was family time. You stood together at the table for hours and hours and hours. I'm laughing because it was exact. We'd go to 12. It was either 12 or 1230 mass. It moved back at St. Anselm's on on, on 4th Avenue and 82nd Street. And then we'd come home and we'd be home by one. We'd stop at the bakery. We'd get the fresh bread. My mother would have put up the sauce already. So when we get back in, my father would then sit me down. I'd be like nine years old. He'd be lecturing me about the red wine we're drinking. And it comes from the Nebbiola grape, which is on the hills of Piedmont. And I'm, I'm 10, 11. I don't care about this. And my grandparents on both sides, my mom's parents, Frank Piazza, who was a lawyer, and my grandmother and my father's father. And, and yes, it, we, it wasn't like 40 minutes. It was like four hours, hours like from 2 to 6 p.m. And we were just all together. And, yes, sometimes it was boring, and but especially when you were a kid. But I think that has a lot to do with who you are today and who I am today and, and others who were fortunate enough to grow up in that environment. I, you know what? I do think that our kids will step up at some point, and I do think they realize the importance of being together in family. Um, but it, it, it's more difficult. I will say it's more difficult to get everybody together. Like, for example, you know, my son works on Sunday, you know, so he missed those Sunday dinners uh, this summer. Um, so, and I felt badly for him because I could see in his eyes, like, he was looking forward to seeing everybody um, before going off to work. But it is what it is. It's a different world. But I do think we've, we've instilled those values. And, and the values from our, our parents, their grandparents, they know. They know they have it in their heart. And at some point, it will become uh, front and center in their lives as well. So besides doing your your TV show all the time, every day, besides doing your daily Instagram live with your sister, besides going doing fresco, besides being a mom, besides being a wife, is there anything else going on in, in a sister? What am I leaving out? Uh, a best uh, friend to no. Nani? What else What else you got going on, Rosanna Scotto? I, I try to, we try to do our best to, you know, make time for friends and have fun. And as you mentioned, my sister and I uh, do this show on Instagram. We have uh, our, our 
tag name on Instagram is Scotto Sisters. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We started it during COVID as a way to engage with my parents and, and the community, everybody who was kind of locked up at home, um, to kind of calm them, find a way to distract ourselves, and share recipes. And it's still going on to this day. We were doing five days a week. Now we're, we're doing two days at 430 you can follow us on Instagram at Scotto Sisters if you if you choose. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And uh, my sister's selling now food on QVC under Scotto Sisters. And um, my sister and I and mom are trying to expand the Fresco by Scotto brand. So stay tuned. I don't know how much more you can expand it. So, all right, last question for, for Rosanna Scotto. If someone's coming off the street, like right now I have lawyers in my office who are visiting from once from Washington, D.C. and once from Texas. If they're going to go to Fresco by Scotto and you want to, like, really impress them, uh, what would you tell them to order off the menu? Well, you know, first of all, some of the things that just are so addictive and are not a meal, but you can make them a meal, are potato and zucchini chips that are smothered in gorgonzola. <laughs> right. They are addictive. Okay, that's, that's the way to start. Then we have a delicious kind of uh, grilled pizza that's almost like a matzah. It's very crisp. And then I love the cavatelli with broccoli robin sausage. But a lot of people like a bolognese sauce. And my mother is very partial to the linguine and clams. But, we, you know, listen, I, I would be 400 pounds if I ate that every time I went into Fresco. I love our sole, our bronzino, our salmon. We have a great steak. So you don't have to go in there and be a Gavone. You can go and stay healthy as well. Well, I, the biggest compliment I can give you about your restaurant is Lenny from L&B Spumoni Gardens tells me all the time that if you want to eat good Italian food and you don't want to go to Brooklyn to L&B, he said, go to Fresco by Scotto, see Rosanna, and you're going to eat very well. So I can't give uh, you any, any more accolades than that. Uh, I love Lenny, and I love his pizza. I do <laughs> love his pizza. His food there, too. But uh, I appreciate that. And, you know, as you know, having a business in New York City is not an easy thing. Um, and uh, we that is our heart and soul. And we appreciate everybody who comes in and supports us. So thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Rosanna Scotto. Yeah, Brooklyn's own. <laughs> thank you so much, Rosanna. Thank you for finding the time. And thank you for doing a great job and peeping, putting smile on people's faces early in the morning while you tell them what's going on in the world. And I will tell you, it's that that's not the easiest task to do, but you do it uh, effortlessly. So we really appreciate it. And we appreciate you coming on the show and spending so much time with us. It won't be long till I'm going to need somebody to lean on. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.